Mark and Mark here uh, with my wife, Grace. Uh, welcome back to the Real Leaders Podcast. And we're doing a series on abortion in conjunction with a free ebook, uh, Abort Abortion. And uh, I'm here with my friend, Mark, who runs the Choices Pregnancy Center. And interesting, before we had this conversation, you don't need to name the organization or who was involved or anything, but you were in another meeting just prior to this, kind of in God's providence. Maybe mm-hmm. explain what that discussion was. So it was a meeting where we were actually going through polling results, specifically here in Arizona, around the life issue, um, asking opinion about life. Are you pro-choice? Are you, are you pro-life? Um, viability of the pregnancy, does that, um, does that impact your decision-making? At what point in the pregnancy are you okay with the abortion taking place? Yeah. Full spectrum going all the way down the list. And at the end of the day, it, it painted a picture that um, was not where I'd like it to be, if I'm completely honest with you. Yeah. Uh, but it really does, it, it's kind of a foreshadowing, I think, of what's what's to come. And honestly, not a huge surprise for us. We're living in this postmodern society that we're in today where your truth is your truth and mine is mine. And mm-hmm. is this really a life and, and all of those different parameters. But it um, definitely was, it, it was coming on on the heels of, or of this Roe decision of where the landscape sits today. And the survey that was taken was actually uh, conducted right after the leak that happened a few months back. So. That's what I just came out of today. And so um, when it comes to Roe v. Wade, reversal overturning, does that mean abortion's now illegal in America? I mean, that's what you kind of see on the left. And, you know, oh, my gosh, abortion's now outlawed. And is that what's happening or what what happens next legislatively, legally? Sure. I mean, at a high level, absolutely not. Abortion's still going to be active in about half of the states. We're going to have sanctuary states for abortion. Like um, California next door to us, they're talking about putting it in the state constitution correct. so it can't be overturned. So full-blown sanctuary state for abortion. Uh, what happens next is we're going from one court to 50 courts, right? So here in Arizona, you know, there needs to be individuals, all of us, if we collectively believe in the life issue, to get involved politically. It's not a bad thing. We how does that decision practically gets, get made when the, when the decision is made at the state level? Who makes that decision? How is that made? Um, right now that's made by the state legislatures, I believe this is probably something I need to fact check if, if we're going to put this on air. Yeah. Um, but, um, the state legislators, I was actually in the meeting with one of our state legislators today. We were going through the, the breakdown of the information. Um, but what matters most is what kind of pressure are they getting from their constituents and all of us as the voter base. That's what really mm-hmm. matters, right? This We know how politics works, the tide yeah. and so forth. And so getting in, in individuals specifically in Arizona, rallying around this issue and understanding this is going to come to a vote if it reaches that point they need to be there making phone calls and knocking on the door so with the overturning of roe v wade it's not a time for pro-life people christians to yeah to say praise god that's a finish Mm -hmm. line it's a starting line well what i've said since day one regarding roe is that this is really just a new battleground and it's going to have new rules, new players, new propaganda, new techniques. Mm-hmm. We're really just going into a whole new phase of the row, row era, if you will. It's post-row, but what does that mean? Yeah. And to your point, there has been, I feel like, this false sense of security and victory among the pro-life space that, yay, we finally did it. And rightly so. I mean, you've heard It's people, a win, but it's, it's, the battle's not over. It's right. just moved and, to a new battlefield. And I think it's how you define success. If yeah. successful was, hey, we want to overturn row, fantastic, you won that microcosm. Mm-hmm. Now let's go talk, talk about this new battlefield that's taking place now. We're going to have things like the abortion pill and, all, and chemical abortion and all things that were never really a talking point before, but they're going to be a mainstay now. And so, um, so at every state level, they're going to need to decide from 
you know, life begins at conception, abortion is outlawed at conception, all the way to, I mean, there are some in New York that are pushing for partial birth abortion. Correct. Infanticide. Infanticide. I mean, mm-hmm. it's murder. I don't know how you can get more clear. And then everything in the middle. So what would be between these two bookends of, you know, it's outlawed at conception to it's not outlawed at birth, where would where do you think that the the more common markers that various states the are going to fall The 15-week ban like that we have right here in Arizona that is going to go into effect in 90-plus days, I think, post-row, that 15-week that mark is a big one for most people. Yeah, some states have the trigger laws that Correct. Are, we're anticipating in advance the overturning of Roe v. Wade, and as soon as it does, they go mm-hmm. into effect. So so ours would be a 15-week? Correct. Okay. And what's interesting is, as we we're hearing from these, these polling results today, it's asking people different questions. You know, would you be okay with that if you knew there was a viable heartbeat? And you see the number kind of dip a little. And then if you could see fingers and toes, and then it would dip a little. And then first trimester, second trimester, et cetera. But as we all know, even if you get all the way to the moment of of birth, there's individuals who say, no, it should still be 100% legal, and even post-birth. Yeah, and they're talking planned and wanted child, and it's like, my gosh, those are the most arbitrary categories. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I mean... There's people on the planet I don't want, you know, <laughs> but I feel like they could still be here. Um, and so for the for the pro-life people or leaders that might be listening, uh, what would be some of the talking points as they're fielding objections and questions? This is hot topic in church small groups, mm-hmm. workspace environments, uh, social media platforms. Um, for those who are pro-life, how has the narrative been set? And how would it be better to reset that narrative to have a healthy conversation? I think based on what we have seen, if I could distill it down into one thing, it's 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 been very much um, categorized as a woman's rights issue, a woman's health issue. And that's really where a lot of the conversations yeah. come in. Um, pregnancy resource centers like Choices are accused of coercion or you're put steering her down a path that she doesn't want. She can't afford this. When in reality, you know, my background is in marketing and advertising and communication. So it's what really needs to happen is individuals and pastors and leaders really need to talk about the individual. Let's talk about that woman. Let's talk about her life and her needs. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the impacts that abortion will have on her physically, emotionally, and spiritually throughout the remainder of her life. Yeah. And really talk about, okay, I'll just say it, Planned Parenthood likes to paint a very specific narrative around, hey, this child's going to cost you a million dollars to raise. It's a scare tactic. You know, those are conversations where, yeah, if I present you with that number and you're 18 and you're pregnant and you're single, of course you're going to freak out. But like we were talking offline too, if you walk with somebody when they get their driver's license, you're like, in your lifetime for a vehicle, maintenance, oil changes and gas and insurance, you're going to spend a million dollars. You know, we, it's... It, most people um, do not think well into the future, but you could terrify them with almost anything that they're yep. committing to. Right. Well, I think what, based on what we've seen as well is it's been interesting because the the debate side of things, so let's debate life, let's debate when life begins. Again, I go back to being in a postmodern society that has less and less relevance for people. I don't think there's any question that life begins at conception. I mean, at this point... You know, with the ultrasound technology today, you you can't deny reality. Well, and to that point, 81% of all women who see the ultrasound, will, will if they were on the fence, abortion-minded, abortion-vulnerable, will choose to save that child. Mm-hmm. What does one of those machines cost? It depends on what you get. If a uh, standard one is about 35000 all the way to a forty, it can be about $50,000. And so, I mean, you just think of how many lives are mm-hmm. saved with one piece of technology— 
that allows us to see what God has always seen. It's a window in, into the womb. It is a miracle happening. Yeah, yeah and you can't deny that. So um, for those that are uh, pro-life, though, um, on the issue of arguing, debating, dialoguing, um, why is it, do you feel, that so many Christians would rather just be silenced than have the conflict? Because if, if somebody is very vocal and has a strong position, there's going to be some conflict. Mm -hmm. I think you hit the nail on the head. A lot of individuals and Christians in that bucket too, they don't want the conflict. They want to have this live and let live. I believe what I believe, and I really wish that you believe this too, but that's okay if you don't, because we're not going to go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. But, but the whole thing during COVID was, that went away, right? Like, I mean, like my body, my choice, like max vaccines, masks. Absolutely. Like, like I thought we had freedom to do whatever we wanted yeah, with our there bodies. There's a lot of cognitive dissonance around the my body, my choice for when it comes to abortion and then on the vaccine side. Of yeah, and it's the same people. Like I can kill the baby, but if they're born, they're going to need a jab and Absolutely. a mask. Absolutely. Why? Because we don't want them to get sick. It's too precious. Well, and I think to your point, going back to the pastoral side of things, if they're being fed and equipped with information from the pulpit and resources and education materials, I think that is the biggest gap to answer your question, why don't we see more Christians actually being able to stand up on the issue? They're, they're, they feel they're uneducated. They feel they're going to get killed in a debate, or they're going to be ostracized, or all the above, but they need more of an educational background to be able to talk into the issue. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm, I mean, not to self-promote, but like, that's why I'm giving away the ebook. But this is where we started. Maybe you share a little bit about our story on this issue. Yeah, we very much disagreed when we started dating, and I was, I've always been pro-life, pro um, because I believe the Bible is very clear on that issue. And then you were pro-choice. You were actually I was forced population, population control, control, Malthusian eugenics. Yeah. I believe the whole myth of overpopulation, scarcity of resources. I bought it all hook, line, and sinker. I debated it in high school, debated it in college. I'd make the Christians cry. I'd melt them to the ground. Not good. Yeah. And then when you got saved, God changed your heart on all of that. And, and when truth is truth... I'm sorry, but we don't we don't worry about the conflict that comes with that. God's asked us to stand firm and be bold with the truth, and we can be loving with it. Absolutely, we need to. Well, have, you stood up to me. I did, and technically, I didn't win our arguments, but I prayed for your heart because it is a heart issue. And if we don't see life as valuable as God sees life as valuable, we're just going to get into all the arguments that really don't ultimately matter at the core. And so when God changed your heart and you started reading his word, you were super clear then on God's value of life and, and realized you were wrong. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of the reasons I like to argue the issues is I argued the other side of the issue for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, and when Malthus was originally writing and Malthus informed Margaret Sanger, who founded Planned Parenthood, Malthus significantly influenced uh, Nazi racial programs. I mean, the history of all of this is about as dark and demonic and evil as it can get. I mean, it's it's horrifying. Um, but at the time that they were saying that, you know, population outgrows resources and it'll end humanity, there was a billion people on the earth and today there's eight billion. Most of us are struggling with obesity. So, you know, there are some distribution problems in certain <laughs> places, but, right. you know, apparently we could handle more than a billion mm -hmm. people. And so, over time, uh, these arguments have become completely disproven. And oftentimes they're, they're based initially in fear. Yes. Mm -hmm. And very rarely does a human being make a good decision out of fear. And the Bible says that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And I think, I think with fear comes demonic 
Absolutely. You know, and so I think that is that same spirit of fear that grips a lot of Christians to where they're like, I don't want to have the conflict. I don't want to have the conversation. I don't want this to get awkward. I don't want to lose a friendship. I don't want people on social media to come after me. So I'm just going to, um, you know, well, everybody else is coming out of their closet. I'll stay in line. Right. And so how, how would you encourage Christians having this conversation, this, even this, this debate, um, to have it in a way that you don't have to be mean, you don't have to be rude, uh, you don't have to be negative, but you do need to be clear. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, my answer is always prayer. First, pray that God would bring you the, the confidence that you need and yeah. also put the resources in front of you. We live in the day and, the, day and age where you can look up anything you want, anytime yeah. you want from, from your back pocket, right? And so um, where we're at is we really try to preach a holistic view on understand the science behind it, understand that when this baby feels pain inside the womb, but understand the socioeconomic side of it, but also understand that um, there's, uh, uh, like I said, mentioned earlier, taking it back to make it very real and tangible. Okay, let's not talk about the baby for a second. Let's talk about that mother whose life this is really going to impact. Because whenever you hear the argument, it's always about, like you mentioned, my body, my choice. Okay, well, let's talk about her. Let's talk about her body and her choice. Here's what's going to happen to her body and her choice should she take this option or make this choice. And we can even, and there's a plethora of information on it to where you don't have to, you don't have to be a master in all categories, as I'm sure you are, but you can at least know enough on each of these to really bring together a compelling argument. You've got real life, you've got scientific, and you've got religious. Bring those together, that's a really good argument. Mm-hmm. And so even today, uh, increasing number of abortions are, are chemical, mm-hmm. um, Maybe explain that growing tendency, how that probably is going to get more and more popular with mm-hmm. Roe v. Wade, and and even what that does to the woman's body. That oftentimes a young girl doesn't know that. Sure. At the beginning of the process. So it goes by a lot of names: abortion by mail, chemical abortion, at home abortion. <laughs> um, the FDA during COVID approved the abortion pill by mail, and it's a two pill process. And there's uh, organizations like PlanCPill.org that are very slick, very well put together, and they teach you where to go, how to how to procure one. Um, if your state does not allow it, which Arizona doesn't, it tells you how to go to get set up a PO box on the border of your state, have it shipped in, drive across the border, pick it up. Um, talks wow. about how to interact with Indian online pharmacies to procure the pill, and. Um, for Plan C pill specifically, their tagline is finally a safe at-home abortion is here. And they have phrases on their website such as, quote, it is safer than Tylenol. Mm-hmm. And so um, right now in America, the abortion pill counts for about 54% of all abortions. Yeah. In Europe, it's about 91%. Wow. Okay. And so as goes Europe, so will go America eventually. But this is where I go back to this post-row new battlefield. It's really around the pill. It's okay. a, and this is not the morning after pill. This is the abortion pill. And this is this is going to be, in my opinion, this is going to be a paradigm shift for the pro-choice side of things. How long can you take that pill in the pregnancy? Um, that can be taken immediately, um, up, even upwards of 10 weeks and beyond. Okay. Um, and so there is the abortion pill reversal, which we offer, which is a, which is a, a another two pill process where the body's just bombarded with progesterone, which mm-hmm. is what the body naturally produces yep. during pregnancy to try and save yep. the child. 
and we actually just had our first one come through a couple of weeks ago. Um, But this is going to be the new face of abortion. And what's interesting about this is that we're not going to really understand what the true abortion count is because so much of it is going to go underground. That's what I was going to say. This is going to go completely underground. That's, And it's funny you mention that because that's how I describe it. Abortion is going to go underground. If I'm a, an abortion provider, and my end goal, to your point, is really more on the eugenic side of things, I'll take that bent for a moment. Would I rather spend money on a brick and mortar or just push the pill? And what's easier? It's FDA approved now, so I can just go on, I can order it, I can do it at home. What's important to remember is the impact that it has on the woman. So oftentimes this happens at home, alone. She's taking the abortion pill. Mm-hmm. It oftentimes happens in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And every time she revisits the bathroom thereafter, she's reliving that over and over and over yeah, again. It's a trauma trigger. It's trauma and it's it's every bit PTSD is what happens to these women. So now you compound the abortion with the, now that the fact the abortion happened at home, and you just relive it over and over. This is what's not discussed when it comes to the abortion pill. And they're oftentimes not telling anyone. I mean, they're, they're, the reason they're taking the they pill is they're, they don't want anybody to know. Correct. And so they're not likely to you know, confide in someone, get so help. Be there in case. And, and oftentimes, if they can't afford the medical care, they can't afford the psychological care Correct. for trauma counseling post you know, what happens to the body. Mm-hmm. I mean, so... And as women, as human beings, anything we put in our body or any health choice that we need to make needs to be considered both sides of the issue. Mm -hmm. And with the fear that they put in these women and the allowance for secrecy, they aren't even thinking through, what is this doing to me? Either right now and the trauma it causes right now, but long term, if I do just decide to have children later, I mean, all the effects, we would never do this with other things if we had diagnosis and we're... We just don't take pills, you know, willy-nilly. And so it's very sad to me that they frame it in a way that seems so simple. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think about even just the miscarriage that we had, and I I felt like I was dying. I thought I was dying. I thought I was bleeding to death. And it's very similar with this pill situation. And and that was... That was hard, and you were I was there wrecked. for me, and I was the doctor wrecked. knew about it, and I mean, I had a support system, and if these women are alone doing this, I mean, mm-hmm. just horrendous. Well, to your point, um, we had Dr. Bill Lyle out a few weeks back, brilliant, brilliant guy out of Florida, um, an expert in the abortion pill, an abortion mm-hmm. pill reversal, but he said we're, they're seeing an uptick in deaths because there's very little distinction yeah. between what you just mentioned there mm-hmm. and the cramping and the spotting that mm-hmm. they get when they've taken the abortion pill. Mm-hmm. And if that's not treated on the flip side, they will die. And you're seeing an uptick in that happening because there's no one there at home to help Mm -hmm. them. They're at home. They're not in a clinical setting. And so that's, again, those are the, those are the um, things that don't go reported. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that pushes the entire burden to the woman. Mm -hmm. You need to order it. You need to take it. You need to be at home. You need to monitor your own care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you have significant blood loss or additional Mm -hmm. complications, it's entirely it's burdening awesome. the woman. And then post-birth, yeah. I mean, you've got PTSD with places and experiences. The majority of women who have an abortion are mothers or become mothers. And then that's going to be an entire reliving and triggering and grieving process. And all of that is good luck with that. We'll mm-hmm. ship it to your house. And from there, all of that burden is on you. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've actually are going to be requiring special training at our centers for our medical staff specifically because we have women come in who've, who've gone through this experience. Yeah. It's a completely different conversation that yes. we're having. Yes. Completely different. They're, they're now, and we have a lot of women who come in who've had 
uh, multiple pregnancies and or multiple abortions. This type of particular abortion, the at-home pill abortion, produces a whole different type of a psychological issue that needs to be addressed that we need to be ready for as well. And, pre and pregnancy resource centers across the country need to be ready for it. Yeah. And I mean, when I read the majority of abortions are without any use of birth control, so it's used as birth control. And just the thought that there would be women who might be using this multiple times mm -hmm. as a form of birth control because it's an anonymous, inexpensive option. The gender, I mean, just the trauma that happens so mm -hmm. at the physical, the psychological, and also the emotional and spiritual level. Mm -hmm. And again, in ministry, if we aren't getting training and understanding how to deal with this, we may not get to the soul of a problem if a woman's not willing to share to the people in the church that should be safe for her to share with. We may not be able to get to the root of the issue if we aren't acknowledging that this is already an issue and has been for many mm -hmm. years, and we need to catch up to that. Yeah, and the thought, too, that then you would not have an accurate count of exactly what was happening. Yes. You've got an entire... I mean, and, and if it's anonymous and, and if... I just, I don't know. My, my brain goes to a direction of where if it's a, a minor who's been sexually assaulted, mm -hmm. if it is, mm -hmm. um, you know, a woman who's been sex trafficked, I mean, all of a sudden now that complete anonymity leaves a large number of women in a particularly vulnerable and dangerous position because no physician, no medical expert is involved. Mm -hmm. Authorities can't be notified. I mean, it's just as a dad with two daughters, like, uh, oh my gosh, right. that just sounds horrifying. Yeah. Absolutely. So in the next, and thank you for sharing. And in the next uh, episode, we'll talk about what does success look like on the other side of Roe v. Wade for those of us who are pro-life. And so again, where could they find your uh, website and your ministry? I'd encourage them to give as well. Sure. Choicesaz.com.